That Metal Interview. On this episode of That Metal Interview, we have a special guest. This person, this lady, plays piano, plays the harp, and sings with an awesome voice. She has a brand new album out entitled Worlds Away, and you guys should check it out. It is badass and it's awesome. Real good stuff. And her name is Lindsay Schoolcraft, formerly of Cradle of Filth. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'm talking about Lindsay Schoolcraft, former uh, piano keyboardist, vocalist, backup vocalist for Mr. Danny Filth and the Cradle of Filth camp. She was there between 2013 and 2020 of this year. And she now has her projects. And she did a brand new album that's called Worlds Worlds Away. So you guys should check it out. I heard it on Spotify and it's just awesome stuff. Before that, she recorded an album entitled Martyr uh, alongside Mr. Rocky Gray. In case you don't know who that is, that is the original drummer for Evanescence. The world-renowned Evanescence. And this is Rocky Gray, a great talent, of course, who collaborated and and played along and uh, worked with Lindsay Schoolcraft on her previous album entitled Martyr. And you can hear a little bit of Evanescence in there. You can hear Lindsay's style. You can hear some gothic stuff. It's all mixed up and it's badass. So check it out, man. And of course, uh, Lindsay's going to talk to us about um, her other project, Antiqua. A-N-T-I-Q-V-A. Antiqua. Uh, some gothic metal stuff. Real good stuff. Classical music, I say, meets traditional black metal. Check it out, Antiqua, A-N-T-I-Q-V-A. So uh, let's check out this interview with Lindsay Schoolcraft, former keyboardist, vocalist for Cradle of Phil, and now on her solo career. So here she is. Enjoy the interview, guys. Crank it up. Uh, congrats on your new album, uh, Worlds Away. Can you talk to us about the recording process, about this album, you know? Thanks. Yeah, it was actually um, entirely due to the lockdown is how it happened. Uh, something that I wanted to do. And I think if we didn't have this pandemic, it still wouldn't be done at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest. Um, really? But the lockdown is what forced me to do it. And um, yeah, I got very lucky. My producer is also my neighbor. So really? we just... Yeah, we just made it happen during that time because we had nothing else to do. And I'm very grateful for, you know, my producer and everything and how it happened. It really forced me. I had to shut down all my business plans and travel plans, and it really forced me to focus and make something. So I'm really happy about that. How long did it take to record uh, this album? When did you start? Mm, I mean, it started in at the beginning of April. Okay. And it went until about the end of May, and then by June it was it was mixed and mastered and ready to go. That's so cool! Uh, your your producer is your neighbor. What are the chances? Oh, like? I got so lucky! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome vocals. I, I heard the whole album's great. Um, Thank you. Great, great music. Uh, I'm a musician myself. I play guitar, bass, a couple of instruments, and uh, mm -hmm. I can appreciate what I can hear. You know, a uh, beautiful harp. You know great Thanks. voice you know the whole the whole deal you know how long have you been a musician uh since you were uh, small or honestly uh it started around seven i mean i'm a disney kid and my dad taught me a little bit of guitar my dad's a musician as well not full-time or like a hobbyist um 
but uh, yeah, it became very serious for me at the age of 15. So that's when it all started and it just has not stopped. It's coming up 20 years <laughs> um, and it's been an incredible journey, so. Uh, I think it's so cool that uh, you're very connected to your fans. You got a lot of fans through uh, social media. You're you're pretty active, huh? Of course, yeah. I mean, it's the modern music industry. Uh, I really like my fans. I love communicating with them and sharing stories, and I appreciate them a lot. Like they could choose anyone else to be a fan of, but they've taken their time and they, they choose to be my fan and they care about my music and my art. That means more than anything to me, honestly. Have you ever had any uh, strange fans? Any something? Any strange stories you got for us? Oh, all the time. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stalkers and like you know, no way. people thinking I'm a vampire or telling me I'm a vampire or uh, yeah, harassment. But I don't consider it. anyone who's going to be hostile and rude is not really a fan, in my opinion. Um, you know, but it's yeah, no, it's it's like there's always going to be weird things that happen, but um, it it is what it is. <laughs> that's that's a little bit of ignorance there on, on a fan. I mean, just because you dress uh, gothic or, or this and that, it don't mean you're a, you're a Dracula or a, a witch or whatever. That's ignorance, huh? Well, it's just what people think based on the old band I used to be part of, so it's expected. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, speaking of the old band, uh, Cradle of Filth, uh, you were there seven years, congrats on that. How was that? How was that experience Thank for you? Thank you. Oh, it was, it was an experience for sure. Um, it was really eye-opening, uh, a lot of great memories. Um, it really helped me grow and become the person I am today and show me what I did and didn't want in my life and in my career, and I'm forever grateful for it. I've never seen Cradle live, but we all see the YouTube videos and, you know, different videos and this and that. Uh, it mm -hmm. seems to be a, an experience. I mean, uh, was it easy adapting to uh, Cradle Filth live? Yeah, I mean, it took time. In the beginning, I was terrified. I was really scared. It, I was only 26 and it was like my first big gig. Um, I guess 26 going on 27. And it was work. It was a lot to get adapted into such a legacy band so quickly coming from a small city in the middle of nowhere, Canada, to the big stage like that. You know, I think before I joined Cradle, my numbers on social media were less than two to 1,000, and all of a sudden, it going to what it went to. Um, it was insane, but uh, yeah, it took time, and it took patience, and it took a lot of uh, work, but um, yeah, made it happen somehow. Somehow integrated into that band okay, I guess. <laughs> And here's a maybe a dumb question. Did you guys rehearse before you or just went on stage like that or Oh no, Cradle was never really known for rehearsing. Really? I think maybe now the last few years it's been a thing, but with being in a bunch of different countries, I think that's kind of what made it not very possible. Yeah. Um yeah, it was usually like a day before thing or during sound check thing which was pretty exhausting but it was the only way we could do things you know wow uh who would put the set this together was it a uh, danny or everybody pitched in ideas or songs or uh it was like a voting system i think we all voted on it and then just decided and went from there hey what's your favorite song to to play with cradle it was saffron's curse 
for sure from Midian. Uh, here's a weird question. Uh, I saw an interview where uh, you were in a bus. I believe you're touring the tour bus. You seem kind of, I don't want to say aggravated, but because of the sexism, the, all the different, uh, you must have been going through some, uh, you must have seen some stuff or something. Uh, uh, I think I know which interview you're talking about. That was not a good day for me. Yeah. Um, and the woman who was interviewing me was trying to speak about sexism in the industry. Yeah. And we all have bad days on the road. That was one of my harder days. Um, and I have experienced it. And I wish I could say that it wasn't. That it was just like difficult people. But the truth is, like, there are moments in time where literally you are not respected just because you are a woman. And I have to, now looking back, I can see when it was sexism, and then I can see when the person was just like obviously you know, difficult, a difficult person to deal with, so, but it's okay. Obviously, because you're a woman, I mean, is is there, a, I mean, I've heard of a lot of uh, stories of, I've interviewed a couple of uh, women on this podcast, and, and most of them have, have experienced what you're talking about, uh, it's just sad that uh, that still exists out there in the, in the world, not just in the music business, but, you know, a woman being, like yourself, being in, in the, amongst a bunch of guys, you know, with Cradle and all that, or uh, production companies with a bunch of guys out there, or whatever. How did you get used to touring with a bunch of guys? It was fine. I mean, you just learn to adapt. I think the best way is um, to take alone time whenever you can. My alone, my my downtime and my alone time is sacred to me. Um, also, finding other feminine energy when I'm on the road, hanging out with the other women, whoever, if I'm ever lucky to tour with one, if not. I have my girlfriends in different places, and we hang out and go out for coffee and catch up. It's. Uh, there's something about female energy. It's very nurturing and, and healing, um, and uh, I always look for that. So yeah, it's like it was. It was great. It's just like you know, it's like I've I've toured with some awesome guys too, who are also really understanding and cool. So you just you just look for it wherever you can. Let's let's turn the story. Uh, I got a question about Danny. He has a bunch of fans, of course. Uh, were you nervous the first time you met him? I was starstruck for sure. Yeah, because um, a friend of mine who's like family, he has been the biggest Cradle fan, like as long as I, you know, as long as I can remember. Really? And he pursued a career in uh, writing and publishing because of Danny. Like Danny had that much of an effect on his life. So I was starstruck in the beginning because I just knew, I knew his status, but you know, now that's all gone, obviously. <laughs> Working with someone for that long, for seven years, I, like now I'm just like, gosh, it's, it's Magoo, that's what I call him, so. Magoo? Um, yeah, I call him Magoo. <laughs> so I was, when I first met him, I, I actually was on tour with him for the first two weeks and I was just too nervous to talk to him, but that's all gone away. I mean, I'm one of those people I, I'm so jaded these days. I don't get starstruck by anyone anymore. Maybe two people, but I kind of don't want to meet them because I don't want that illusion of them to be tainted. <laughs> right. Did you get tired of seeing the world? You did a bunch of tours, of course. Or uh, why did you stop working with Cradle uh, to, to pursue your, your career? Or I never got tired of seeing the world. I love traveling. I love experiences. I love it when it's a little slower pace. Oh. I got sick of the unrealistic schedules um, and pushing people too hard when there's no time for sleep and eating right and self-care. I think that's where it draws the line. 
um, especially expecting people to do that for like two years in a row. Um, and that's what caused me to have burnout and my, my mental health really depleted during that time. Um, well, so I just made a decision. I, I said, I can't continue like this. I will possibly die from my mental health or a heart attack. Um, because like, I just was suffering so much at that point in, you know, I think, gosh, over the span of two years, I think I did well over like 600 flights and there were weeks where I would never, I think there wasn't enough time allotted to get enough sleep. And I understand it's part of the gig and touring is hard. And, uh, you know, I mean, we're not doing any of that. No one's doing any of that this year, but, uh, I, I just couldn't keep up and, yeah, also, I think it was what was best for them and best for me because I just lost my, my I guess, my creativity. My creativity and my health and my happiness were gone. And I couldn't just continue to try to force myself to write this next album if I wasn't into it and I wasn't feeling it. And um, it's interesting with Cradle Filth because there's a specific sound that needs to be maintained. And it was never my sound. It was never, like, what... I wanted to pursue and I, I also decided you know do you want to spend the rest of your 30s working for Cradle and never pursue what you had for your solo career and also for my other band Antiqua which is like classical music with black metal mm-hmm. like traditional black metal and I just I just decided no like I, I'll take it was a hard decision it broke my heart it was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made in my life but looking back now, especially, you know, especially with my mental health in the gutter, I thought everyone was going to hate me. Like, anxiety is, I have really crippling, debilitating anxiety. Um, obviously, I'm doing much better now. Uh, but I wouldn't want my life any other way. I'm so incredibly happy now. And I have my creativity back. And I'm doing what I want with my life. And, um, you know, I still have to keep in touch with some of the guys. And we're on good terms. And... They have my love and support. They really do. Good to hear you're doing better at adult uh, wise and creatively. Thank and all you. That. Awesome. That's something. Uh, that's something people don't don't notice. I guess you see you see bands on stage. Well, we used to. You see bands on stage on YouTube, live. But people don't notice the the toll it takes on the, you know touring, right? Uh, flights and all that. Well, you talked about it. That's that's tough for musicians yeah. right there. People don't notice that. That's awesome that you survived that. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I read you used to interview people yourself. Mm-hmm. Really? Can you talk about that? Or? Yeah, that's actually um, how I got into the industry. I was working for Fem Metal Wed Scene and then Sonic Cathedral. Um, nice. I loved it. It, it's, it was kind of my in. It taught me the importance of advertising, marketing, and branding, and also like how to word your music. Essentially, it was very... It was, it was great. It was a band, some bands paid me to write their bios. Um, what else? Uh, I got to interview some really awesome acts. And uh, yeah, it was great. It was, it was really, really great. It, it led me to where I am today. I loved it. It is a very thankless job. And that's ty- anytime someone does press like yourself right now, I really do appreciate it because I know how much goes into 
the press process and how very little people get paid if they even get paid at all. So right. yeah, I did that. I did that for about two years, and then I decided I was going to university for music. So I stopped, but it was a great experience. That's cool. So you studied music too. Oh, of course, yeah. In and out of coaching and lessons and theory for years. <laughs> I heard your album, Martyr. That's some great stuff. People that haven't heard it, Thanks. you guys should check it out. How was it working with uh, Rocky? Oh, man, it was a dream come true. He's such a such a cool dude. Um, so easy to work with and just such a legend, I think, in the genre that we're all in uh, with, like, gothic metal and alternative rock and stuff like that. Um, he's the best. He pushed me to be better. And uh, I I can't wait to do whenever we whenever I have it in me I can't wait to do the next album with him. We were gonna start this year, but due to everything, we didn't. So he understands, and he's just like, yeah, I'm on standby whenever you're ready. So I look forward to it. But he did he did do some of the electronic beats on Worlds Away, so that was really awesome. I really appreciated that. Let's talk about your band. Antique Wall. Uh, you guys posted a new single coming in December. Uh, can, mm -hmm. can you give us a, an, an update on that? Yeah, it's been oh, it's been a long week for me. Um, long days getting ready, and it's really crazy because like there's no show, no tour, <laughs> <laughs> right? none of that stuff. It's only a single. With a, it's it's exciting. It's really exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to give away too much. The single will be out in December. I started this project with Zenwar, who is the lead singer, or I guess guttural vocalist of Neabla Viscaris. Mm -hmm. And um, actually our five-year anniversary is coming up, I think, next week <laughs> since we started the project. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, it's just been incredible. And, of course, like now having this year to breathe, it's really helped me focus on getting that up off the ground. So I've been really spending the last few weeks on the digital end of things to make sure that we're ready to launch properly, because I, I obviously really care about this getting out there, but the recording process was really interesting. We did it all remotely, um, and through the process, we, we realized that we thought we were going to be able to go big on string production, but we just couldn't, considering all the circumstances. So within our band, we have a cellist, uh, Delai, and also uh, Memnock is also our bassist, is a double bassist. So like, well, half of the string instruments are there. So uh, we hired Dagda from Spain to do viola and violin. And through the recording process, we realized that the strings are like a chamber type setup uh, mm -hmm. in classical music terms. So we've started calling ourselves chamber black metal. I mean, that could change. I think there's a lot to offer. I think we're inspired by a lot of world music too. And that could be something that's incorporated down the road, even though it is very classical and black metal based. But I, I am so excited. Like, I can't wait for people to hear the first song. And then once this is all out, moving forward in the new year, I'm going to finish composing the album. And we should, if we're lucky, go into production next year. Wow. So, yeah, I'm really, I'm very excited about that project. I think Antiqua is just something that I've always wanted to do uh, musically. And uh, it's really a place for me to not worry about lyrics and being the front person but just as a composer of music, especially what I have, I've been holding in my head and in my heart for decades for classical music, having that outlet is so 
it's just so important for me. It gives me purpose, you know. So, uh, yeah, I really, I really can't wait for everyone to finally hear it and then go forward with doing an album. And then hopefully, hopefully by 2022, we can actually go back on tour. And hope so. Hope so. Oh, gosh, that would be incredible. So fingers crossed for that. Right. I can't wait to hear that. Thank you. I love the way the way you guys uh, spell Antiqua. Is that the, the correct spelling in a different language or i think i don't remember why zen put the v there i think it was just to refer to the old times but i think antiqua was like the second wave of the plague mm. in rome i don't remember he's the plague expert not me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean that's just uh he's the the creative uh vision and director in this project uh in regards to the visuals and everything and i just let him take the reins um, because I'm kind of tired of doing it for my own stuff. And he, he just knows exactly what he wants and goes for it. And, uh, I support it entirely. Congrats on your cartoon character, Beelzebub's. Uh, can you give us an update on that? Oh, Skullcraft. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that was just surreal. And Real cool. I'm really thankful for the writer JP because he could have picked anyone in the world and he picked me. And that was, that really meant a lot. He's a great guy. Um, it looks like they're going into production for a cartoon, um, but I'm not, I think it's 2022, it should be out. I haven't heard anything about my character making an appearance or if I'll be doing any voice acting. I mean, that would be incredible, but yeah, I'm super, super excited for them. I really hope Netflix picks it up and it's a big hit, honestly. I'm sure they will. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Here's a different question. Can you give us your best gig and your worst gig you've experienced? You know what is so weird? Yeah. I had a memory come up today, and it was from five years ago, and we were playing in Belgium, and that was my worst gig. I had the flu, really? and I had to go on stage, and I was so sick. And it was the worst feeling in the world because it's like, you're sweating on stage, but you're also sweating because you have a fever. It was terrible, like it was funny. And it's weird because, like, Tim Tronco, the really established photographer, he has a photo of me, and I'm, like, making a funny face, and I look like I'm having fun, <laughs> but I actually was, like, in the most pain <laughs> I had ever been in physically on stage. It was just so hard. I mean, and the best gig, like, oh, man, best gig. A lot of those. Yeah, there's been so many. I can't. I can't even pick one. You know, even my gig eight years ago for my EP launch as a solo artist here in um, in Oshawa, I played on a grand piano. I mean, that was incredible too. I'll never forget that. You know, there's been so many. There's too many to pick, but uh, there's been some other bad ones too. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, you just—it's all a blur at this point. <laughs> <laughs> What's next for yourself? What's next for Lindsay? Uh, what can fans expect next? Oh, uh, well, the Antiqua single is coming out December, and uh, I'll be writing the album next year, and then I'm going to see if I can put out a single next year for my solo work. I've been thinking about it. There's one song that I feel just needs to stand on its own. It doesn't really fit on an album, and I'm hoping to get a big guest vocalist on it. I hope they say yes. But it's just finding the time to focus on it and produce it and get it to sound the way that I've always wanted it to sound. Um, so that's a maybe for next year, fingers crossed, here's hoping. Um, yeah, we'll just we'll just go ahead and see 
what happens essentially uh but i don't know it's so uncertain with uh COVID. with everything going on i yeah. don't really know all i know is that next year i'll be continuing to expand my business online because that's what i do as an entrepreneur and a digital marketer and then uh yeah just writing and recording that's the plan it's going to feel good would you like to send a message to the fans listening to this podcast um yeah thank you for listening i hope you've enjoyed this interview and thank you for keeping metal alive <laughs> awesome thank you Lindsay. thank you for making time absolutely uh, you take care of yourself you too hope to see you guys on the road sometime 21 22 i hope so yeah you take care i'll see you soon i'm sure right. so don't forget to check out stream listen or download Lindsay's latest album worlds away you guys can check it out it's a step away from metal rock but it's got that awesome voice in there of Lindsay, and it's got some awesome harp in there and some awesome keyboards and piano and all that stuff real real cool stuff you guys should check it out man you love it man so check that out and uh go ahead and check out her other album martyr check out her other project antiqua as he told you uh, to be expecting something soon coming out from antiqua and of course the support cradle of filth of course her former bandmates uh danny filth big shout out to all those guys cradle of filth camp uh shout out to mr rich shaw who was on our podcast a couple of months ago big shout out to mr shaw guitar player for one of the guitar players for cradle of filth and anyways uh support miss lindsay schoolcraft on all her projects future past present and don't forget to keep it metal Metal Interview.